Hi, everyone. I, I hope everyone is taking care of themselves uh, with the smoke in Portland right now and these, these heavy extremes, fire, flood, the removal of the DACA, and the thousands of lives that will affect. I've been trying to put into words what it is that I feel and how all of this is connected, and I wanted to share my thoughts. When the moral heartbeat of a country has gone up in flames and only the vigilant few notice, perhaps the trees have no choice but to go kamikaze. Perhaps they whisper in the ear of the unwise to throw up a sparking bang, and then they give way as symbols of the broken state of things. 800,000 dreamers, the entire Columbia Gorge, I've been reading comment threads on social media where folks are calling for a demand that the teenagers responsible for the fires be in prison for the rest of their lives. When only yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before, adult white men murdered in broad daylight black children and were supported to receive paid leave and dismiss charges. Y'all, the trees are on our side. They, too, are not afraid to die if it means getting the point across. White supremacy is a firework that can be thrown in silence and light everything on fire but somehow leave the culprit unaware of the smoke in the air, let alone the stranded hikers unprepared for infinite overnights in the valley of tiki torches. I hope we wake up. I hope we wake up. I am so grateful for people like Melina and Quan, the two you're about to meet on the show today. They are unique and powerful, dynamic individuals and absolutely amazing artists that I've had the pleasure of working side by side with. In this episode, we discuss everything from Charlottesville to time travel as it relates to baptism and comic books as a religion. It's hard to put into words what joy I felt and am still feeling after having this conversation. I I hope it challenges you as much as it challenged me and engaged me. I have a really exciting announcement I wanted to make before I start the show. I will be hosting a private event for black folks and those who identify as people of color at Common Ground Wellness Co-op. It will happen monthly and there's one coming up September 20th from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. People of color and black folks are welcome to soak and sauna for free. And you can contact me at thedarkmatterpodcast.com for more information. And I will send you the number to call to book your soak. As always, follow us at Dark Matter Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. I really hope you guys enjoy the show and please take care of yourselves. happy you guys are here. Welcome to Dark Matter. And yeah, I mean, when we were outside just now, um, 
we <laughs> encountered some of the exact things yeah. I would love to talk about. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> like in real time. In real time, it really happened. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So um, for all of y'all, mm-hmm. we were downstairs taking a photo for this episode. Yes. And um, Brendan, <laughs> who is taking our picture, the photographer in this situation. Yes. <laughs> the legit photographer the legit. in this situation was actually supposed to be taking our photo. <laughs> was in the midst of taking our photo. Yes. <laughs> was doing exactly that on a street corner in southeast Portland. And a older white gentleman walked up to the scene was clearly taken back yes. by, <laughs> by the three melanated figures standing in front of bamboo just catching the sunlight. Beautiful. <laughs> and he stopped, like, in mid-stride <laughs> with a sense of urgency. So smooth. <laughs> so smooth. Mm. And he said, how did he put it? He said, um, he said, beautiful picture. Do you mind if I take one? Yeah. No, he said, beautiful that's what he said. Yes. He didn't even say beautiful picture. So he's said, making wow, it beautiful. <laughs> he said he just said beautiful. Do you mind if I take your picture? Yes. And there was a pause. And he had his iPhone ready. <laughs> it was might already I add. in position. It was ready. So I don't know if he snuck a photo. He could have. He could have snuck one, but he had it like ready. Ready. Camera point. Well, I think I think from observing it on my end, Rashida <laughs> said, "I, you know, I do mind." Or you said, you "Yes." Said, yeah, she you said, said, "I do yes. mind." I said, "Yes." Actually, and when you said that, the timing was perfect because, like, the phone was like out of the pocket, but not out quit. enough, long mm-hmm. enough for him to be able to do anything. Right. About it. So he didn't get away with it. Yeah. Guess, from my perspective. And then but I elaborated on what Rashida said, and I said, "Actually, <laughs> we're using this photo for something, so you cannot. <laughs> you can't have it. You can't." Can't. And I'm just disturbed to think what he would have done with the photo if, oh he, my ha- if he had. If we did allow him to take the photo, so absolutely. Why do you need? You don't know us, yeah. sir. Right? You why? don't. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like the we talked about the ease in which as we were walking away from this awkward moment, but like. <laughs> It's fucking Portland, so of course just standing on the street getting your picture taken as black yeah. is going to be an event. Yes. Um, but yeah, like, he could have put it on his Instagram or just, like, lovingly watched it. Lovingly. Yeah. All the time. Like, flipped through <laughs> us on an average Monday morning. Like, yeah. oh, there they are again. And those I'd like black to think people. maybe he would put it as his, like, like lock screen. <laughs> so every time he went to open right. his phone, like, I would hope that he would have, like, a passcode. And so he needed to take a while and just, like, look at our or, photo. like, what if his partner, like, was going through his phone and was like, who are these black people? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> He's like, I like, don't know, but they're beautiful. I don't know. <laughs> but they're gorgeous. But they're gorgeous. I found so many pictures of random black people on your phone. Yes. <laughs> what are you doing, Charles? Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I think within you know a split second, there's that common thought of like who, what, when, where, why, how, mm-hmm. why. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like I don't know you. It's strange. Um, yeah, it's obvious that it's because we're beautiful black people. You're this random white dude, but on a just regular level. I think it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's weird to just mm-hmm. take anybody's picture randomly yes. or to objectify them, and then we're like, "Oh, oh my God! I just I must I must capture this moment so I can like have it for myself." It's a very selfish uh, instinct, I think, it and is. it's more common for it to happen to beautiful 
you know, people in general, but it's strange. It is. Yeah. And the <laughs> fact that, like, we didn't even get a chance, like, had there not been a pause in the question, which I'm sure he felt, like, somewhat good about, like, well, I asked. I right. feel like that's what he wanted yeah. to do, mm-hmm. like, is be like, oh, I'm asking, as I'm pretty much already doing right. it. Right. But not even thinking about like how those people would feel about yes. that you know yes. it's just like I'm asking so I can feel good about asking yeah. Yeah. not so that you can really matter, feel right? any kind of way <laughs> about the fact point. that I want to yes. do it anyway right, right, right. Um, so yeah. yeah yeah I mean that whole situation basically um, I, this week I've been thinking I've been thinking about Charlottesville, of course, but I haven't been as um, emotionally reactive as I have felt in the series of hate crimes that we're ha- like. I'm moving to this space of sort of watching the response in a different way, as opposed to like, like I feel like we we are dealing with so much and so much burden and so much pain that we're also getting more efficient at processing it because it's relentless and that's what happens over time is that people become efficient at dealing with it with like whatever bullshit they're surrounded with but um so yeah trying to like pause and look at things and look at how people talk about things Mm -hmm. and I see all of this focus on stopping hate yes and you know, the sort of liberal response being you need to condemn hate crime and you need to condemn white supremacy as a hate group. And I think that's interesting. And my thoughts lately have been, yes, and? Is it really just about hate? Or is it about a deep infatuation? (laughs) Um... And I know that even in our conversations, we've talked about the fact that, you know, melanin and melanated people have put and possess a huge amount of gifts and talents. And that has been the fascination of white culture since the very beginning. It's been the inspiration for our music, for our art, for anything that you can call American culture, from the food to the way we feel energized comes from black people. Yeah. Um, and the knowledge of that being a factor in why you would want to oppress something. You don't oppress weak shit. You oppress the most powerful. I mean, if you look at sexual repression and gender repression and you look at the things that have been the most focused on by oppressive groups like the Catholic Church, like white supremacist groups, it's been the most powerful things. Um, And so I think that would be an interesting shift, especially in the white consciousness, to think about that it's not just about these groups hating other people. It's about them being afraid of them and obsessed with them at the same time in, like, relatively equal proportions and the hate is only like a sort of generic adolescent emotion that's stapled on this feeling of being erased by something that you don't understand that seems to be mesmerizing (laughs) 
to the point where you have to stop on the street walking mind you can't mind your own business when you're walking down the street because it catches you and just like curious what you guys think about that part of the conversation that's to me being completely left out in this like really black and white like hate groups are bad I hate Nazis and that being the only way you're approaching it but like what do they love about us that makes them think they can oppress us? Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't seem, you know? It doesn't like seem that. like anybody's having that conversation, mm-hmm. especially in white communities. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I think uh, for me, when, you know, major events like the, what's been happening uh, occurs, I... I'm definitely an an observer, and I know a lot of people are like, well, if you observe, you're not doing anything about it, but I I need to, you were talking about pausing and seeing what the reaction and the conversation is that's being had, and you know, with social media, we see so many people's input, and um, you know, like Facebook is a really <laughs> like depressing place to be mm-hmm. sometimes, and I, I, uh, with that, I've had to like stop myself from waking up first thing in the morning and going on Facebook because you know you have that tick to do it, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, no, nope, let me pause, let me just not even look at my phone. Um, but you know, when I do, I see what people are posting on Facebook or Instagram, all of those socials, and I think you brought up a good point about. Uh, you know, assessing why why are these people so quote unquote like angry or um, like threatening? And I'm like, are they really though? Are they really threatening? Do do you know? Do I need to be? Do I need to be scared? Do I need to feel like I I am threatened? Because to be honest, for me personally, I don't feel threatened. Mm. I don't. Mm. I really don't. And I know that that may not be. A popular thing that's being said and for me I don't really partake in like write novels on Facebook about like this is happening and um and I think calling those people a hate group yeah they they are angry and stuff like that and they are being hateful but I like that you said it's coming from a different space and um I think that combating that with love and compassion is my way, is my way of going about it. And it's interesting to see my friends' reactions and being like, kill the Nazis, kill the kill the KKK. And, like, I get it. I get that you're angry. I understand how it can be upsetting, but do you really feel like battling hate with hate is going to it wind up in a positive solution? Hmm. You know what I mean? And um, I think just, yeah, I don't know. That's That's... Yeah. That's how I feel about that. Well, what do you mean when you mm. say you don't feel threatened? Like what what yeah. does that feel like or what doesn't threaten you? I think I so you were talking about uh they are coming off hateful because um they're trying to to oppress uh black people. Um and and out of that oppression, they're they're doing it because they are fearful of us. They are, um, you know, maybe angry that that they're they're feeling threatened, so they're acting out, you know. And I think it's kind of like um, uh, like a coyote or something coming in contact with the coyote. You may the coyote does seem threatening and vicious right off the bat, um, but 
in actuality, the coyote is more afraid of you than mm. you should be of it, you know? Mm. If you came into contact with, I, I'm from Southern California, and there's a lot of coyotes Me there. Me too, yeah. Yeah, okay, great. Totally. Yeah, in like my, my elementary school, yeah. uh, my mascot was a coyote, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I actually encountered a lot of coyotes, and um, I was told that at a very young age, and I remember walking home one day from, like, my friend's house, and I remember actually coming in contact with a coyote. Like, I think I was, like... 12 or 13 um, and I was walking along the street and this coyote just pops out of the like bushes and it just looks at me and I stopped and I looked at it in its eye Mm -hmm. and it just kind of like tilted its head and ran off Hmm. you know what I mean so I I yeah I'm really I I just I don't feel threatened and you know that that doesn't mean that I'm going to walk around somewhere sketchy that is, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to walk around somewhere sketchy at like one in the morning and be like, nothing can touch me. You know, I, I'm not in that bubble, but as far as like feeling threatened by what's going on, I, I don't necessarily feel that. And I kind of just feel more sorry for this, these people and hateful people that I've come into contact with. I just show them extra love and compassion and 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 that's the way that I combat that. I think that's so interesting that you liken it to a coyote because you know they say about any venomous creature like they're more afraid of you than you are of them and I think yeah, I'm I am very interested with that sensation because it is not something that you hear a lot of black people especially talk about um and I and it coincides with the shift that I've been making in my analysis because if that's the only conversation we have is like I'm angry because I'm being oppressed and I'm afraid for my life and I do feel a sense of feeling threatened like I do feel the sense of, like, the white gaze being this aggressive, like, kind of, like, being in direct sun or, like, we're talking... The eclipse is about to happen and Mm -hmm. everybody's going out to get these glasses. Like, I would love to have, like, white people (laughs) infrared glasses where, like, I didn't have to feel the pressure of that energy, like, moving in spaces that should be easy and safe to move in. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I can relate in the sense that in this particular instance, like, I didn't have that immediate panic that's been coming. I've had this, like, like, who, I want to, I've been actually zooming in on all of these pictures of the Tiki Torch bandits and, like, looking at their fucking faces. I'm like, who the fuck are you? That's kind of where I'm coming from. And, like, when I zoom in... I just see that, like, pubescent, angsty, adolescent, like, mm-hmm. it's so stunted. It's like you're looking at an adult, but then you can see the layers of some other immaturity, mm-hmm. some other deformity, even. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. protrude, you know? Yeah. it's And it's coming through what looks to be a human adult, but mm-hmm. it's not a human adult so I'm curious as to like I'd love to chime in on that yeah yeah Um, uh, well on a basic level I'll say no you're not dealing with it 
same thing as you. We, we were taught, you know, oh, we're all the same. We're all equal. We're all one. No, that's not true. Okay. But what I want to say, first of all, in this conversation is when you are analyzing something and you're using a specific language, defining the terms of the words that are being used in the conversation are very necessary in order to come to any type of functional conclusion to the matter. I think, in my perspective, when I observe this argument of white supremacy, I would ask, what does that mean? Define that. And I would guarantee that most people are using modern lexicon, meaning that they're going to give you the description that they think it is. Oh, white supremacy means this. And you ask somebody else, white supremacy means that. And those are two different terms. Whereas when we're dealing with language, white supremacy or white is, has, a, has a very specific definition to English, right? Supremacy has a very specific definition in English. Mm -hmm. So I think in, in discussing these things, it's extremely important for us to slow down enough to know what we are saying. And none of those things um, denote nationality. None of those things address genealogy, genetics, genetic code, DNA, all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. right? All, in fact, colorable terms, which is what that is, um, negates entirely your nationality. And I think that's part of, I would say, 99% of the problem is that who are we talking about? Who are we talking about? Mm -hmm. Like, who are these people or beings, right? So before I continue, I have to put out the elder, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing. And speaking of white supremacy in the science behind all of that, that's all I can say is her name. Mm. And if you want to know anything about anything that we're talking about on this level, you would have to check out this sister. And God bless the day she crossed over very recently. But her, her analysis of white supremacy and all these questions of who are we, why do they hate us, why do they treat us this way, why do they feel that way, she broke it down so scientifically mm. that I feel like I personally can't even have a conversation about this until someone at least researches this information that is scientific and factual, you mm -hmm. know, and something that is documented um, before we progress into this conversation. Because otherwise, I'm just dealing with ego, I'm just dealing with attitude, and that's a whole different level of energy, and that's when you cross over into metaphysics. And that's when you cross over into spiritual things. You're dealing with people's, you know, the way, the, the unseen aspect of themselves. Mm -hmm. But in a discussion, when you're actually trying to, like, reach a point with another human being, you guys would have to define these clear terms of mm -hmm. what are we talking about here. And so when the question is asked, oh, well, as a person of color, I don't identify as a person of color. So I don't know how to even answer the question now. Right. Because it's out of context completely, you know. Um, versus asking... How do you refer to yourself? What is your nationality? These questions open it up so that now I know what individual I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. If I'm dealing with someone who is so-called white, for instance, right, or white supremacist, I would ask him, what's your nationality? He could be Irish, Nordic, he could be Slavic, all of these different nationalities that have a different history with Moors or with black people, mm -hmm. a different uh, understanding, a different mythos altogether from the Greek to the Italian. So to group all of these people into one idea of white is unfair to myself. It's unfair to myself. It's ignorant to myself as a black person or more or whatever concept I want to call myself, right? As an individual, it's unfair for me to start to 
judge something and label something without understanding it in its fullness before I start analyzing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It's a stupid scientist, you know. So that's kind of where I feel like where we're at with, with this idea of why do they treat us this way. I think scientifically you will understand that when you don't have something, you want something. And they don't have what we got. And it's really that simple. And the problem is that we want what they got, but they ain't got shit. Mm, yeah. Basically, you know. And so we're constantly like, um, we're black as opposed to white. We're black versus white. You know, even like when we talk about interracial relationships, it's always black and white. It's never like Mexican and, you know, Cantonese or, you know what I mean? Yes. Something like that. It's yeah. always black and white. It's this paradigm that we all, as so called black people, agree to exist in. And, I, I agree with Melina saying that it doesn't affect me because what it is is that when you understand what it is that you're looking at, you're looking at an organism that is insufficient, that cannot reproduce itself and exist on this planet. The genes aren't strong enough. So in order to create a pure white race, that's not even scientifically sound. You can't. You can't do that. You, yeah. you didn't even create, you're not even of yourself. So if you're not of yourself, you can never purify yourself because you'll always be me. And I think that's where the hate comes from is the inevitable understanding on their side. They're all, you know, learned in all of these sciences that we're just now picking up on and waking up to, right? Uh, so even like masonry and shit, that's heavy and predominant in their culture. So they know who the hell we are, and they're very bitter about the fact that they can never exist without us. And can I just add yes. something to like to this this occurrence of events? Um, talking about the you know the envy or you know all of that. Um, for me, like again, talking about not feeling threatened mm -hmm. and to elaborate on like everything that you said, mm -hmm. I feel like um, I, you know, and maybe some people would disagree with me, but I'm just kind of sitting and like laughing almost because it's such a tantrum that they're throwing mm -hmm. it's so childish you know what I mean they're, I, I, like you said black people are waking up and it's a ripple effect and I, I called it a few years back I was like no mm -hmm. people are waking up like black people mm -hmm. are waking up and it's a ripple effect and it's just happening so quickly and I think <laughs> I think and, and I know people are like well you know Donald Trump is president get it but like he's nothing you know what I mean it's it's I, I think oftentimes with the social media and stuff like that people get so their their minds and ideas get so warped and and media is media like media will show you what they want to show you you don't know what's actually happening you don't know what's actually happening and I think people let their uh uh, their emotions get so affected by what they see in the media, like with this whole um, riot and Nazi stuff. And I know I, I, so many people are feeding this energy into it. They're like, oh my gosh, did you see this? This is happening. Like, oh, we are like going back so many years. No, we're not. We're not going back. We're exactly we're where, exa we're, where this country has we're been. Where we're gonna, we're where we're gonna be, and we're moving forward. And they are throwing a childish tantrum mm -hmm. 
because they know that black people are waking up yeah. at a rapid rate. Yes. And so they, it, and and like, <laughs> my mom tells me when I was a child and I like threw a tantrum, she was like, yeah, I just like ignored it because you were just doing it for attention, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then I never threw a tantrum again because I was like, oh, okay. What's the point you of know, this? You know, what's the point? And I think with people feeding so much energy into this tantrum, yeah. it's fueling their fire but they're doing this because they feel threatened, because they know that that things are shifting. And with this eclipse, it's in our favor as black people, and things are going to change, and I, I think they know that. So they're throwing this out there. Why do you think they did it in the month of Black August? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. To throw this KKK tantrum. Yeah. It's silly. Mm-hmm. I laugh at it, and I <laughs> scoff at it, actually. It's hilarious. <laughs> I and totally, I'm not affected by it. It's so interesting that, because I honestly, I haven't felt that way about a situation until this particular one. Like, I've definitely, with them killing our, like, fucking pigs, killing our children, like, for, like, play, mm-hmm. like, that's been exciting, such a rage and an anger and this, like, feeling of... You know, as a woman who brings children into the world, as a woman who works with children, as a woman who is learning to be a birth worker, I feel that it is not missed on me that all of these, like, so many people that turn up dead are black kids. Like, that that's not... That is very much a thought out, you know, situation. Because if it was just about black hate, how come you're not shooting 70-year-old black people? Mm -hmm. How come they're not as likely to be stopped in that way? Like, because there's an attack on the youth. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those... The unfortunate thing about tantruming children is that they also can, like, while out and kick you in the face, you know? And, like, that part of it that's, like you know, fucking Donald Trump, like, yes, he is, like, an infant (laughs) that happened to get some really big toys Mm -hmm. that he now feels like he's the king of the playground, and it's pathetic. I mean, it does, like, bring up that emotion of almost, like, scoffing, like, I I can't even dignify that. But the unfortunate part is that your toys are fucking nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. Like, your toys, like, the the playroom that you got yourself access to, which is the White House, mm-hmm. has all of these, like, controls that, like, filter in and out throughout the entire world. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, the part that makes me sit back and think about it, first off, I think about death. Mm-hmm. And I think about how our country talks about death or doesn't talk about it. And if you go to worst case scenario is like body counts piling up Mm -hmm. and you go to worst case scenario of like nuclear warfare, even I'm not afraid to die and I'm not afraid of death as like, as a way to eliminate what is powerful and what life truly is. And so just keep turning the thing, you know, it's like looking at a stone. Like you don't just stare at it on the ground. Like you pick it up and you roll it in your hands and you keep trying to see what facets are catching light and what things are being missed. Because I think that if we take away the fear of the boogeyman getting us and we 
realize that the boogeyman is a story mm-hmm. that people tell to scare other people and like you can just you can look at that however you want to. You yeah. don't have to agree that the writer's moral of the story means the boogeyman's always mm-hmm. going to be bigger, you mm-hmm. know? And so yeah. To comment on that, I I think that black people are still agreeing to an illusion that we were given, but nonetheless an illusion that's caught up in ego um, perspective, right? A lot of people say, oh, kill the ego, kill the ego. You can't do that in the ego realm, right? Ego is necessary. It protects you, right? Um, But ego worship is a kind of a realm that we've been existing in. The difference between what makes us black, right, and everybody else is our melanin and the fact that that particular form of carbon exists throughout time and space itself, right? It is before, before. Um, In the Circle 7 Quran for the Moors, it says, um, man, meaning Moors, right, or black people, man is a thought of Allah. And because Allah or God is infinite, then the thoughts of him or her or it is also infinite. So if you're a thought or an an expression of that thought that is also infinite, so are you, Mm. right? I really like that because it explains to black people that you're fine, right? I think our ego is afraid to die Mm. so much so that we won't do shit. So, for for instance, with that analogy of the, the, the toddler, you know, freaking the hell out. There's steps and levels, right? And you know that with parenting. So, yeah, I'm going to ignore you. If you keep being loud, I'm going to tell you something. If you keep being loud, I'm going to have to do something about this problem. Why? Because I'm the boss. I'm the one, right? I'm the mama. I'm the daddy. So I think at least on a planetary level, no one can deny that we're the mama and the daddy. And we always talk about that, right? Oh, we're the kings and queens. We're the original ones. Okay, okay, then that's what it is. That's true. But that's what it is. So as long as you're the mama and the daddy of this planet, it's up to you to check a motherfucker and tell them, hey, stop. And if they don't stop and they kick you in your face, like some toddlers do, right? And they hurt you. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to snatch you up, right? And, and I'm a... I, I study child abuse, so I want to be very clear. I'm not talking about beating the hell out of a kid, but at the same time, discipline-wise, if this kid is throwing glass at you and freaking out and hurting you and harming you, you have to restrain them, period. You have to put them down and hold them down and calm them down to some degree. If not, there are certain structures and methods because I don't believe in, oh, if you're bad, kill them off. We created them. We can't deny that. We talk about that all the time. Mm. We created every other living thing that Mm. is here. And we're only the expression of that which created those things. So as long as we want to complain, all we're doing is complaining about some artwork you fucking did. Mm -hmm. So if you're the artist, fix it. Change it. Destroy it. Modify it. Recreate it. You have the ability to do that. Which is why I don't... A lot of times, what I scoff at are these melanated beings. These powerful beings with all this magic that want to tell me how somebody else is fucking with them. Mm -hmm. Like... It's like in the Bible when they ask Christ, where is God? And his attitude is very much like, you've been with me this whole time and you would still ask me such a stupid-ass fucking question. Mm. And I agree with that. It's like, at what point, you, you keep telling me you're this ascended, you know, melanated master. Okay, then what? Mm-hmm. Then what? 
What are you doing about that? You know what I mean? How are you checking what you need to check? And what I mean by that is I don't think that it's this big, massive movement that happens where there's a collection of black people that come together and fight down the collection of black, uh, white people. That's not true. It's individual and understanding magic and the spirit, you know, it does happen within you. Mm-hmm. It all happens within you. So... You I always say, yeah, ain't nobody came up to me and been like, yeah, fucking nigger, fuck you. If they did, I would address it in a certain goddamn way. Mm-hmm. But that's not my reality. Mm-hmm. It's just not my reality. So that doesn't mean that I don't have compassion for my other archetypes that I see that are my brother and my sister and everybody else who have this experience. But it's not my experience. And psychologically, it's important for us to know the difference mm-hmm. between what are you actually experiencing and what is being shown to you. And then what are you doing about it? How are you feeling about that? Because you can really only do what the hell you can do in your own reality. But, hell, ain't no damn clan outside of my house. So I, if me being paranoid about it, right, and not being able to sleep is very unhealthy for me. And now I can't benefit myself, my nation, or my people because I'm in this psychotic state, all based off of, like you said, the media and what I've, I've exposed myself to. And I think that uh, getting affected by, by that and having that kind of frantic, psychotic state, um, when you feel that way or you allow yourself to, to full-on get affected by those events, you're, um, you're breaking down your natural... Mm-hmm energy bubble you're you're um you're projecting that out into the world when you step out of the house in the morning like oh my god i'm paranoid oh my god oh my god i'm gonna run into a nazi today like oh my god like you are projecting that and thoughts are things and when you say things they manifest your your thoughts your speech it all manifests so if you're freaking out that you're gonna run into a nazi today mm-hmm. you might run into a hateful <laughs> nazi today because you put it out there in the world you're so powerful that the things that you're thinking and the things that you're saying they're gonna draw to you whether mm-hmm. you want it mm-hmm. to or not and so you I, I'm not saying to live in such a, a bubble that you're like nothing's gonna happen to me I'm fine like I'm gonna cross the street without looking like no don't do that like look both ways but like just be be mindful when you wake up in the morning and what you're putting out into the world to 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 come to you mm-hmm. you know and I and I also think when you have someone that is feeling threatened, uh, like a, a white person that's feeling threatened, because um, that's what we're talking about. You know, they there there's some people that are going to be able to smell that fear on you, mm-hmm. and and once they smell that fear on you, they're going to be like, yes, I found a weak one. You yeah, know, yeah, not saying you're weak, but in that moment, maybe you were really letting yourself like just be. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. fearful and and they can smell it on you and then and then they're going to act upon it mm-hmm. cuz they know that you're weak you know yeah. in that moment but you are powerful and i think black people need to remind themselves that they are mm-hmm. i just really am feeling blessed by this conversation and this time as i said like as i'm shifting energy and recognizing and also not like judging where i was mm-hmm. in my responses to everything that's happened and all of the people that have like shared, you know, even on this show, how they feel. And I feel like the reverse or the inverse of all those conversations have, have been exactly what we're talking about. Like this reality that 
the power within us is greater than any power around us. Mm -hmm. And that's like scientific. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about in regards to magic and spirituality. And I feel like African magic and what it's capable of, like, and when I say African, that's a generalized Mm -hmm. words, but the actual different types of ways that tribes and different people throughout all the countries in Africa have harvested or mined spiritual essence and spiritual gold has been diverse. It has been complex. It has been stolen but never properly reproduced because you can't I think Mm -hmm. you mentioned that earlier Mm -hmm. like you can never be the original Mm -hmm. and so even if it has been effectively manipulated into other institutions like the Masonic Order Mm -hmm. or like the Catholic Church Mm -hmm. where there has been some ability to conquer and take over in this very physical driven way Mm -hmm. right like bodies money Mm -hmm. diamonds like this very like earthbound sort of physical reality like yeah you're like grabbing all the shit right but really you took something that was mined from a place beyond anything Mm -hmm. it is the beginning of all things Right. right and so if you look at you know i think i think that that in my studies and my understandings i have yet to find all of the things that call to my people Mm -hmm. like in regards to and I say that meaning I went to Nigeria I experienced you know that form of indigenous African magic in regards to Ifa and I felt um I felt like okay I'm still like wherever my people were on the continent and wherever that magic that was beginning magic lies within me didn't necessarily match up with what I saw there mm-hmm. and that's relevant because it's a giant fucking place and there was a diversity among who we are as African people we are also you know indigenous like indigenous and you know have an, an ethnicity that correlates with that specific land mm-hmm. you know and same thing with Native Americans in this country like your there's there's tribes that have alliance with the buffalo or have alliance with the salmon and there's you know water and desert and forest like these all brought forth a certain kind of plant medicine a certain kind of magic a certain relationship with the spiritual realm so i'm curious as to like what y'all have found that does resonate with your particular you know ethnic mm-hmm. melanin and like you know what that magic looks like and whether whether or not the black communities if you've experienced are opening to learning those things because I feel like we have this you know we have a lot of black Christian Mm -hmm. and we have a lot of black Muslim and I I think that that's not missed on me either that our resources to our indigenous very unique types of magic throughout that continent often predate any sort of um, dogma that we can learn about. So I know y'all have like robust spiritual lives and understandings and I think that I'm like hungry mm-hmm. to know what those experiences look like. Okay. Wow. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you mind if I start? Please start. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I won't. I'll try my best not to be long-winded. But this is this is like my favorite everything. Um, 
I, uh, I'll say this in, in short. My family's from Louisiana. Um, we're originally indigenous American. So our family was here when the so-called slave trade came to the side. When certain, you know, slavery aspects of things came, we were already here. So there's that level of indigenous magic in my bloodline. From that, the Christian um, church or the form of like Pentecostal is what my mom ended up going into. So I grew up Pentecostal, speaking in tongues, understanding um, anointing oil, um, uh, everything from possession to how to exercise a demon, like all of these things. So as a child, I was always very sincere about my love of God and my love of uh, whoever this creator is that my mother has given me. I'm very sincere about that. So I want to worship and praise you all the time, in, in every way, in every shape and form. And that sincerity has led me all the way through every order, occult, um, every uh, religion, every philosophy, theosophy, science, to find out that one thing is true, about the Bible at least, that the kingdom of God is within you, and God is within you, and it's all its hmm. all of these stories are literally these like scientific, mythological expressions per culture of specifically what's happening in relationship to the soul and the body, in that relationship itself, right? And then how the body and the soul correlate with its environment, i.e. the planets or the stars or whatever you want to get into. And then from there, cultures break it down into their own uh, deities and gods. Right. So from understanding that, I was able to separate the mythos or the artistry from the spirituality. And so even though if people were like, oh, fuck the Christian church, I can understand that historically and even artistically by giving me a white God. I get that. But you can't negate or I can't negate seeing my mom speak in tongues and knowing that that's authentic mm -hmm. and knowing that that language and that act itself comes from a whole different space and time, right? And she doesn't even know what she's saying, but she knows what she means, right? Mm -hmm. That type of thing. Or anointing oil and growing up really believing and trusting that this oil that my mother prayed over has the blessing that I need to be able to go out and go to school and never get, and I never, not a bone was broke, not... I never got jumped, beat up. I'm from LA and shit. We moved all around California. I never, I've never been hurt, especially physically, right? I've never been hurt. And is that because she gave me blessed oil? And this is where you get into magic. Did it work? Was it the oil or was it her intention? Mm. Was it her energy? And the more I started studying these sciences, I do believe and know for a scientific fact that the black woman is the most concentrated form of the expression of what we call God in the physical realm. She has everything that is within her being, in her cosmic energy. And I believe that based off of a cold science, it's like I could put a little bit of water in a, in, a, in a large cup or fill up that cup. But I can't put that same amount of water to fill up that large cup in a smaller cup. This is what happens when you're dealing with bodies. So as a melanated woman physically, you are the, the, the best vessel of all of it. So the most evil come from her. The most holy come from her and everything in between. She's the devil and she's all of the saints and angels. Absolutely. Because from her, all of these cultures came. She gave birth to all of these mythos. She gave birth to these children. She did. 
And so all of these things are ours. So now in modern 2017, I'm trying to shortcut it, when we deal with magic, I've found that the hidden sciences, and I'm going to shortcut everybody, is really what we were taught to be afraid of, i.e. Satanism, Luciferianism, anything that says dark magic, black magic, uh, dark spirits, demonology, all of these things. Look at, like, just research demonology, right? And look at these sketches of these demons. And you tell me when you look at their face that that, that that demon don't look like an angry nigga, straight up. Mm. From the high cheekbones to the rigid, you know, forehead to the wide nose. And it's exaggerated. We're looking at art. So, no, it's not a literal depiction. It's what they saw, right, from these beings that were supernatural and had all these abilities and so in their mythos they're going to draw us out in a certain way and so then they give it to the babies like us and say this is what a demon looks like but that look like your daddy and your uncle especially when they lightweight drunk and shit and go to fuck off oh yeah I know them niggas you know what I'm saying oh that's me and that's what I found in studying and really seeking out what's the difference between what I'm being taught and what doctrine is and just a pure who am I and what is, what is the soul? Do I have a soul? Do I have a spirit? What makes me alive? What happens when I fucking die? You know? And that's, to me, when you go into the death sciences, that dark energy shit, as a black person, you find yourself. Because the only thing that exists everywhere, even in death, even in the nothingness, is carbon, melanin. It's the fucking black yeah, dot. They call matter. it the dark matter. Yeah, the, yeah, the <laughs> dark matter, the dark energy, right? <laughs> like it's a scientific fucking fact. Like space and time wouldn't exist without. Like mm-hmm. it's literally the fucking fundamentals and structure and the building block of everything that is and is not. Everything that is seen and unseen. It's the it's the most transmutable organism there is. And then we can. So we are it. And as as Juan Wu, as Molina, as Rashida, where are these expressions? Once the ego, which is designed to protect the body, comes into play, now you have this relationship between good and light. Now I think that's where the crossover and confusion comes from when we're dealing with what's good, what's bad. It's all within you because I can't. I can tell you what's bad for me: eating fish. If it's bad for me, some people love this shit. So I, there's really no spectrum as far as morality goes. And when you deal with the occult. Um, sciences or that dark energy people are afraid of it or you're taught to be afraid of it because it removes all morality that has been taught Mm. and that's what makes it scary because there's no structure at that point but that's what the fuck melanin is Mm. it's structureless it becomes everything you can't contain it you know it is what the fuck it's gonna be right so that's where when we taught these sciences as more to the European that's where it was ushered in and kept so, in reference to you speaking of um, African, um, or I would say prehistoric or pre, uh, older, let's say it that way, older sciences, from my understanding of modern day occult, a lot of those things have been worn out. They're so old. Whereas the sciences that are still ours that come from Europe, i.e. the occult and all of these different you know, from crystals to astrology or whatever that we kind of um, attach to white magic, in a sense, that's not fucking... It's your shit, too. They don't have shit. They don't have nothing. They don't have nothing. They don't have nothing. We have to remember that, especially dealing with spirituality. They don't have nothing that we didn't give them. So I think from understanding history and really looking at the magical timeline, I believe that the sciences that built the pyramids type shit tried to preserve very... 
very specifically preserved certain sciences in different nations and in different parts of the planet and locked them up in the consciousness of the people that were grafted there only because we were going to fall asleep, the babies. We were going to fall asleep, and we went through a consciousness decline, right? Because how can you know you're great if you don't go so fucking low? So we had to drop from our ascendancy. We had to fall, the fallen angel story, and then resurrect ourselves again. I think this is the resurrection time. We're all using the same language, whether it's eclipse or whatever, you know, it's the resurrection time, meaning that all of these sciences that were preserved belong to you. So if you as a melanated person attach more to Buddhism, that doesn't make you a Buddhist. That makes you the Buddha, right? Mm -hmm. Woo! Like, that's how that shit works. I agree, yeah. Mm -hmm. So... We make an interesting couple. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> for me, I ha- I think now that I'm older, I realize how rare, I guess, my experience with religion as a whole is and was. Um, growing up for me, and it's interesting because um, uh, my mom... When she was younger, she, you know, she traveled around a lot, but she was in uh, involved in churches and church choir, and um, I, ha- I, <laughs> I haven't really delved much into what type of church, um, because for me, growing up with my mother and my father, um, we never went to church, and we never really talked about religion in the home. Like I pretty much just grew up not. I mean, I knew what religion was because my parents were very busy and uh, I had babysitters a lot growing up and um, I had a lot of different babysitters from all different walks of life and religion. And so I would get taken to like uh, Catholic churches, I would get taken to Christian churches, Mm. I would get taken to Jehovah's Witness. And um, so I really got to like just sit in on all of these different churches and just and I I think I never really you know I observed but I didn't really take it in because I was like well these aren't my parents taking me and telling me that I have to absorb this information Mm -hmm. I did just by observation um but I never really was like yeah I relate to that I believe that I I it's interesting because um you talked about you know, the black woman being the creator and stuff like that. And I think um, subconsciously I just really knew that as a young a- at a young age. And I was just like, I don't know, this. I'm reading the Bible, I guess, but this doesn't really resonate with me. Like, I just, I mean, I, I, it was interesting because I just didn't really see, um, uh, I, I don't know. I wasn't inspired by the stories. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, yeah, be a kind person. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I it just I think a lot of a lot of what they were talking about came naturally to me. And um, I, I, yeah, I just think I just um, I really had that sense of like, well, I am powerful myself. Uh, so you know, and and at a young age, I was very in tune with. Um, spiritualness in general and just feeling uh, feeling nature and and feeling the winds and feeling my ancestors at an early age and I just very much was in tune with that and um, so 
going to church and stuff like that with my babysitters, I was just kind of like, okay, like I'm going to go because you're watching me, but I'm, I'm not necessarily like, this isn't, I, I don't really, I don't really have a religion in that way. So I grew up with that and I, um, yeah, I grew up with that. And, um, I also, as I got older, I started kind of, I, I think I was naturally drawn to, um, uh, dark magic. So we talk about that dark matter, that, uh, deep space, if you will. And, um, so I, like, I read, I actually, when I was older, I read the satanic Bible, you mm. know, and I was like, okay, like that makes sense. You know, I had friends <laughs> that were reading it and I was like, I'm going to read this, you know, why not? And I, cause I was drawn to it still. I was like, mm, okay, cool. This is a cool practice for people. Like, mm. you know, this is a cool belief. Um, also my dad, my dad got me into, uh, video games and comics at an early age. And one of the first, uh, there were two comics that I read um, when I was like seven or eight, and one was Archie Comics, which is fine, but then the other one was Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and I remember being very drawn to Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and it was great because she had a black best friend in the like uh, animated series and in the real life, but mm-hmm. I, w- I, I um, Quan and I talk about this a lot, but I've introduced him to comics and my nerd world. Mm-hmm. But from a um, black woman's perspective, reading comics, there's so much occult hidden mm-hmm. in comics and video games. There's a lot of dark magic. There's a lot of a lot of that in that. So I see now with um, how I grew up. I was naturally drawn to that deep space. Mm. It was calling me and I was invested in it. And I was actually reading like, I guess like my Bible, you know, I was like reading my comics religiously and I was, um, so, you know, we could bounce back and forth with that as a religion. Mm -hmm. It's just in in comics and, but I feel like the comics are actually telling the truth more so. Saga, um, you know, and, and if I could right now, yes, I just yeah. got yeah. into that, and I really feel like that is, you know, this like, yeah, I'm, I'm just tapping my mm-hmm. like my comic nerd life mm-hmm. like real hard over the last year, mm-hmm. and it's interesting in fantasy, mm-hmm. in fairy tale, mm-hmm. in these sort of like darker stories. Mm-hmm. There's so much like. That, yeah. Yeah. So much of what I think is that ancient or sort of old, Mm -hmm. washed out knowledge that, Mm -hmm. like, doesn't apply to, like, mainstream religious sensibilities. Mm -hmm. So what do you do with it? You put it in a book with a lot of amazing graphics. And Mm -hmm. you you know that whoever's drawn to that are going to be people that Mm -hmm. are open in a different way. I mean, comic nerds are the type of people that mm-hmm. are like trying to get to the bottom of shit mm-hmm. yeah, like you definitely. know Real talk. yeah it's it's mm-hmm. amazing and like as a like as a nerd in the occult Melina has really like I'm, I'm she engages my mind in such a way because I always say she's so pure and untainted because she wasn't fed religion mm-hmm. she can just observe shit right the fucking comic room you're absolutely mm-hmm. right like it has to me all of the books that were burned yeah, yeah, going in right? that. Right? Yeah. Like, you um, know? <laughs> there's yeah. this one that I'm reading, and it's really popular, and uh, I hope I'm getting... It's The the Wicked and the Divine, mm-hmm. or The Wicked and the Divide. I think it's The Wicked and the Divine. Um, but even just picking up volume one of that, like, a few months back, and I'm reading it, and there's, like, 
uh, like uh, Lucifer and Sekhmet, and they're mm-hmm. all hanging out, and they're all mm-hmm. there's so many other like ancient gods and goddesses, and it, and it just beings, and it's just interesting to mm-hmm. see the imagery in that and what they're talking about, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and just on on religion and time and space and all of that. Like recently, I've been. G- getting into uh, black quantum futurism mm. and and it's uh, it, you could relate that to Afrofuturism but black quantum futurism is um, a specific way of viewing life and that incorporates um, Afro consciousness and um, space and time travel and so it's a lot about encouraging you to reject the myth that white people gave you mm-hmm. to believe in and and rejecting the timeline that they created yeah. <laughs> and really um, and really taking it upon yourself to dive deep into that deep space and that dark matter and visualizing your past and and visualizing your future and manipulating your own future and your own past through space and time travel mm. and and taking ownership of that and I definitely encourage anyone just looking for uh, uh, you know just meditating or 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 activating their their dark matter to look up black quantum futurism Mm. um more mother goddess and Mm. rashida phillips are the creators of it and they have a lot of different um you can look them up on like instagram and stuff and their books are really amazing and phenomenal thank you for sharing that like i feel (laughs) um i love octavia butler i feel like the people that have been willing to and, and this is a stretch for me because I, you know, um, most people who listen to the show already know my dad's a pastor. I grew up very much like centered in the church, um, but it's interesting that like in our home, we didn't have that much conversation about mm-hmm. religion. It was like the fact that most of our external life was centered on the church. I feel like was enough mm-hmm. to where like. You know, if that's his profession, like, when he got home, he wanted to be, like, just home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it wasn't like Bible study was, like, Mm -hmm. happening in my living room all the time after dinner. Or, like, a lot of the ideas that people have about, like, what it must have been like to be a preacher's daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that, for the type of human I was, and I know... I. I would assume that maybe it doesn't feel this way to the rest of my family. But for me, I feel like for the type of person that I was, it gave me enough space to, like, observe full spectrum, like, what I was going through Mm -hmm. spiritually. And I was. I can totally relate to, like, what you were saying, like, endlessly sincere. Like, Mm -hmm. I loved to worship. Mm -hmm. I loved the feeling of being, like, full-bodied, emotionally Mm -hmm. invested in this communion Mm -hmm. with something bigger and greater and powerful because Mm -hmm. I could feel that power. I I knew it was real. I could see it coming out of my grandmother's voice. I could see it in my father's sermons every Sunday. I could see it in my mother's heart and her Mm -hmm. dedication. I knew that it was real. Mm -hmm. And I also knew 
that I'd seen it in lots of places. Mm-hmm. And that was <laughs> yeah, the yeah. thing that, like, made yeah. it so hard. Because like, hey. yeah. <laughs> they tell you it's the only it's way. It's the only way. Right. And I was like, but I was in the botanical garden. <laughs> and I sat next to a tree. And yeah. it felt like this yeah, feels. Absolutely. I agree. You yeah, know? I think I can relate in that way. Like, um, for me, I was, I'm very uh, spiritually drawn to nature. And I can feel and talk to my ancestors in that way and Mm -hmm. I think and I know you've talked about that many times you're like this tree told me and I feel you on that and and um and also um that you did see it in other places like for me with going the roundabouts of different churches growing up with my different babysitters I'm like yeah but all these people are are doing these different things and believe in these different things and they label it this different way but from what I see it's all the same thing it's the same thing so I think that's why I was just like uh And and wouldn't it be true if everybody kept telling you God is one God yes, is all God things, is one. and that was always my my childhood perspective of like bullshit. I, I was see, I was an asshole. I was a good baby, but I was an asshole <laughs> in the church or if any any type of teaching structure where you're on some bullshit because you can't tell me that God is omnipotent and then also tell me that there's a place where God is not. Right. That how doesn't God, make any sense. How is he omnipotent and omnipresent and this 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 energy and being that you're describing to me, it doesn't make sense if you now you're telling me that there's a place where I can go that he's not there. And that or he's that's not, not there, there. and that's, that, that's eternal. Yeah, that yeah. Eternal all of this stuff apparently right. if there's Mars and Saturn <laughs> right, 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 and right. all of these other planets like and like <laughs> wormholes and like God is not in the wormhole. Right. Like I don't know. Right. Like I'm like there's so many mm. and there's so, so much going on. Right. And the fact universe. that <laughs> the thing like yes that <laughs> right there got me and I was like Mm-mm, <laughs> I ain't buying it. I was always having this conversation <laughs> and for me it was also the reality that like you know I liked I really liked reading um, two things in the Bible I loved reading all the red lines mm-hmm. like the things that Jesus actually actually said mm-hmm. um, at least in these versions yeah. that I was being given right. but I loved like what was gleamed from the mouth of this you know the so-called physical Messiah mm-hmm. but I also loved like the old stories and the mm-hmm. Old Testament and sort of like the mythology because mm-hmm. that was so it was like the comic book books right. of the Bible right. yeah. where you're like there's a whale yeah. and there's a guy in the whale yeah. and now he's stuck there for three days but yeah. he's gonna get out mm-hmm. this God still likes him like they're mm-hmm. still cool but he had to teach him a lesson in the whale like that right. is totally yeah. like you it's know comic book. Dope comic there's this really great book by um I think it's the Coen brothers that wrote like South Park and um, yes, yeah they <laughs> did this book called God is Disappointed in You yeah. it's amazing <laughs> that sounds great because it's an actual like comedic interpretation of every single book of the bible um, but it's done in this like really playful and also like hilariously like comically yeah. like illustrated way and there's little illustrations and it's just like God as this character that like makes so much I mean mm. it's like the verses are interpreted in this comedic way but when you look at it you don't even have to interpret it that far right, like yeah. it's literally like literally. that kind of bizarre mm-hmm. I like those you know, guys they're, they're actually so, so brilliant yes. I, I so was smart. always drawn to South Park and like I wasn't allowed to watch it of course because at, at a very young age I was like what is this it's a cartoon but it, they're so brilliant yes. and like yeah Trey and I forget the other guy's name unfortunately but 
Yeah, the characters they create and they p- just play around with like they have Jesus is a main character mm-hmm. in South Park and mm-hmm. they do have um uh, the devil in you know I think he has a different name I think they call him Lu- Lucifer instead I don't mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not sure but yeah it's just it's they're hilarious yeah they're actually very brilliant. I love it I think it's so great um but yeah I mean it kind of made me think of how you know this whole story that. That man was created by God and that woman was given to man as as a helpmate mm. and that they were in this perfect place mm. and then she was like baited by this snake and ate this fruit, you know? Mm. And like, I'm a tree person, so I'm always like, tell me more about the tree of mm. like the knowledge of good and evil. Like, mm. like why doesn't anybody talk about that that's mm-hmm. Christian, you know? Like... There was a tree mm. that had fruit that fucked it up for the rest of humanity. <laughs> mm. Like, don't you kind of want right, to know, right. like, what that tree was about? And like, isn't that what fucked the up? Seeds? Did all of the fruit look the same? And, like, you couldn't determine which right. one was good or evil? Like, yeah. why would you? Yeah. And that's where, when you ask those questions, I love it because that's really your melanin speaking. What I think it is is the melanin attempting to purge the bullshit out mm-hmm. by and asking And go straight this to the core. Because there is a core mm-hmm. Tell me about it. the plants. Right. Tell me about mm-hmm. the seeds. Mm-hmm. Tell me about, like, right. the snake. There's, exactly. Like, there's more and to this story. And that's where you will find the occult. Yes. And I think yes. that's the bridge to healing black people. Mm-hmm who have been indoctrinated with Christianity Mm. for generations, Mm. is that in order to bridge it, you have to go into what they're calling the occult, meaning the hidden knowledge or the hidden explanation of the tree and the snake and da-da-da-da-da. Because... Number one, that doesn't mean that everything you read or research will be true. But you're, mm-hmm. once you dive in, your melanin will activate and it'll you tell you find what's true what and not, just like know. you did when you read yeah. the Bible and shit, right? And it's all this but that mythos. helps like, you, I right? Think it's interesting because uh, I mean, since that story has been told, people are scared of snakes, right? And oh, as, my mom's as a shocked. yeah, yeah, your mom my is mom's, very scared of snakes, oh and I'm not. And I actually, person. it's okay, yeah. Mm. And actually, Quan and I. Uh, have a boa, mm-hmm. and I had owned, uh, I had had snakes as pets previously to meeting Quan, and they're actually really full of wonderful character, and they actually are really loving, and it's weird very to, gentle. you know, I know people are like, oh, that's weird that you talk about your snake like that, but they're actually very gentle, mm-hmm. they're actually very loving, and so it's interesting because, you know, it, we talk about as melanated people, as black people that were very intuitive and spiritual, it's like, okay, well... You know, looking back to that particular story, I'm like, I'm like, no, that snake like should have been on your side, or you you probably could have looked it in the eye and 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 you could have felt and heard its intuition. Mm-hmm. And I think with like, um, what is it like the Jungle Book? Like mm-hmm. Disney likes to make a lot of things, yeah, very, you know, messed up and like with uh, what's the snake's name in the Jungle Book? Um, oh. I forget, but also with it hypnotizing name? and and mm. uh, you know alluring and having bad right. intentions. Actually, snakes are really lovely mm-hmm. toward humans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when they so have to eat, they're gonna eat their. You know, that's just the way of life. Mm-hmm. But snakes are actually really loving, and so I just think it's just. For me, again, I I've been like, ah, that's kind of BS. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's yeah, interesting that's that, like, as, nature, right? As a whole religion, that you would pass over these like 
massive metaphors or like, you know, it's just like you focus on like the damnation and God is a jealous God and like these statements that are very much tied into like how like control was successful with like Mm. the Catholic church where it's like, you need to remember that you're a sinner and you're saved by grace, i.e. the master. And if you follow the rules, you're going to get into the pearly gates. Like the way that a lot of like old spirituals are Mm -hmm. sung and like, you know, the focus of like these old songs that are passed and continually like you breathe life into it Mm -hmm. when you sing it as a congregation. Right. Right. But the thing that got me when you were talking about, like, some of the points that you were just, like, Mm -hmm. not down with and calling bullshit Mm -hmm. on in the church was, like, the idea that God created all of us, right? Mm -hmm. And that God is not linear. So Mm -hmm. there's no, it's like, there's time and space Mm -hmm. is is not something that is within their being. Mm -hmm. Yet, you have large portions of humanity since the beginning that weren't Christian. Like the whole story of being fishermen of men and like Mm -hmm. the Jesus story being this attempt to pull people into believing, Mm -hmm. you know, in a, or or actually Jesus wasn't even talking about Christianity, Mm -hmm. right? Jesus was talking about love. Jesus was talking about, you know, he was like, hanging out with prostitutes and like being in these spaces that were considered bad or evil or, you know, where nothing good could come from and having real conversations Mm -hmm. with like, you know, intentions about love Mm -hmm. and compassion in those spaces. Mm -hmm. The idea to me that there would be a giant part of all of humanity that didn't interact with those same teachings of love and compassion through a Christian mm-hmm. lens are therefore damned to hell for eternity. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. There's no way. Yeah. The only reason I know this story yeah. is mm-hmm. because my grandmother's grandmother's grandmother yeah. grew up in a church. So this is the story that we are being told. But I could have easily been born in Japan. I could have easily been born in India where my grandmother's grandmother's grandmother was told a different story mm-hmm. about how humans interpret religion or love and compassion through a god or multiple mm-hmm. gods. And I would be just as dedicated to that story as you are as my right. grandmother who's dedicated to their right. Baptist religion. Mm-hmm. So to mm-hmm. say that you are automatically mm-hmm. separate from God for something that really boils down to geography. Like where you were and at I, seems yeah. unfair. Yeah. And I would say not mm-hmm. to not to block Go you but to, to add to that I'll say this. That's a very one, that's a very common um, thought that occurs and I've, I've found within our peer group. In, in black Christian um, in that paradigm where we all came with that particular like thought where we're like well, what about people in India that type of thing right I had the same one and everyone damn near that I've spoken to who are trying to unlock and break those chains psychologically they have that same thought so I looked it up and I would say for that particular one these are the answers I found in the Bible as far as the question being well what about everyone else right the conversation is uh, Jesus is asked by one of his homeboys, um, or no, Jesus says to everybody as they're kicking it, um, many will come in my name. Many will profess to mm-hmm. be of me, be like me, like basically be down with what the hell I'm down with, right? Mm-hmm. So just know that and be aware that a lot of people are going to profess to be of God or be this holy thing. And his homeboys was like, well, how will we know them? How do we know the difference then if they're like being truthful or, or if they own some bullshit? You'll know them by their love. 
For if they have not love, they have not the Father. And so you can generalize love, but when I started concentrating and synthesizing that answer, and I was like, well, what is love? That's based off of my perspective of love also. So me trying to develop a certain level of love would allow me to be able to identify it in someone else. So what does that mean? Oh, okay, I know I can fuck with you because I'm not a murderer, and so you're not a murderer, so I can fuck with you. Is really what that's saying. Mm-hmm. Just the same way certain murderers or creepos on the internet know each other type shit, right? Mm-hmm. Birds of a feather flock together. So I think when we're asking as children, well, what about everyone else? And then they don't give you the scripture where you are supposed to discern the spirit. You remember in the Bible when they talk about the gifts of the spirit right. and speaking in tongues is one of them. But there's like, um, I don't know right now, but like four, five, six of them, yeah, right? right? One of them is the discernment of the spirit. Right. So it is literally your Christian responsibility or your anointed responsibility when receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? That you're supposed to be able to look at another vessel or body and determine what's going on spiritually, right? They're not teaching you that when you're asking that. They're not giving you the information in the book. And that's where I protest. It seems a lot of times people think I'm Christian. I'm not a Christian, but I'm just a fucking researcher and that's not what the book says. Or these teachers are not teaching you what the book says in order to give you um, enough information to come up with your own fucking conclusions. Absolutely, and you should be able to because there would be no point in creating a vessel in Mm -hmm. your likeness Mm -hmm. that has to check its intellect at the door in order to participate Mm -hmm. in the spiritual practice. Bullshit. On my natural instinctual level, I was having spiritual spirit experiences outside of spiritual contexts, mm-hmm. outside of biblical context. And that was all, all of those things were taught to you to be of darkness. Of darkness. Of darkness. And and so, so they, it's, it's kind of like they gave you the answer, but like but in a fucked up way. Right, right, right. Oppression. Yeah. We talked yeah. about you right. only oppress what's powerful. Yeah. Right, right. And so it was <laughs> like. That was an emotional, like, boomerang Mm -hmm. sensation where I'm like, I love God. I am so down for church. I love (laughs) reading this book. I want to know everything about it. And I was like, holy sacred. I paint, like, Bible verses on my wall. But it was because I would get up, like, as a teenager at, like, six in the morning and, like, read and meditate and try and, like, feel, Mm. like, the deeper energies of like what these like like comb them for like the energy like that was exciting to me mm-hmm. and I felt passionate about loving a god mm-hmm. like loving that part that is in me and out of me and like all of that but then I was also very like you know into desire and right. like feeling my humanness mm-hmm. and so like I remember in the church they call it backsliding mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. you know oh like some of you out there may be backsliding you may be finding yourself sinning you may be finding yourself in these places and I'm like yeah I did but I was having a great time but it's bad right and so I have to repent and that is yeah. an emotional like it's traumatic to always feel of yourself like holy and connected and then if you commit a sin which also feels holy and connected somehow you're fucking up the relationship with you and God and you might not make it in the pearly gates yeah, like see, it's and with so that perspective, intense. I'd like to ask Melina's perspective because I love to do this again because I, I love your mind as far as especially when it comes to these type of topics mm-hmm. but like with that description of backsliding it's basically a form of um, time manipulation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where, like, 
you're this being or you're this at this time and space yeah. and based off of doing whatever ritual you're supposed to be moving from that time and space uh -huh. but once you do this particular act or a particular act uh -huh. it backslides you and that's the language that's used in mm -hmm. the church I've never heard that, that term before so yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah, like that's what why, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so you're when you're a black a backslider uh -huh. um, you basically literally that it slid back in time and space to uh -huh. being that being that you were prior to the ritual that made you clean or prior holy. to your baptism oh. right. so they mean backsliding back is like you're setting yourself back and like you're yeah, back into your original as a good human right right so yeah in your relationship uh -huh. with God yeah. like, that okay. like mm -hmm. if you are actively sinning mm -hmm. and yeah. not trying to live a holy life oh. that you've backslid oh. from your ability to consider oh. yourself like a you know an upworthy yeah, Christian because oh, baptism is a ritual I would say because you're actually getting me to get more language of 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 um the science behind these uh -huh. rituals, right? So I would say baptism is kind of a time capsule uh, ritual in that sense, yeah. where at this point or this ritual marks the time in which now you become new, right? So oh. when you are put in the water and submerged in the water, you are dying as your old self, and then when you come out of the water, you're resurrected as your new self, clean and pure and untainted. Mm. So from that point of that time mark mm. on forward you're however they describe the holy or whatever the case is oh. right but if you then um i don't know fuck Get somebody or smoke a cigarette oh. or whatever your sin is or whatever then you slide back literally oh. and you spiritually in yeah, order yeah. to catch up yeah it's a weird That's fucking so unfortunate yeah right yeah yeah um. <laughs> well then you got me on that time travel shit guys. now yeah oh, that's just deep <laughs> yeah, um, that's, that's, that's basically what people are going through. That's why they like. I can see why you say you love her perspective love because it. just that neutral, like, oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Like, like, I would have loved to yeah. only like approach it that way. Yeah, because like, oh, for me, it was sucks. like, this is so fucked up. Yeah. I'm so that's sorry, so guys. Yeah. I, well, okay. Mm -hmm. So, so scary, my that's mind, true. my mind goes, oh god. Okay, I'm gonna go for a stretch because my mind. I just this is how I think. So a few things are going through my head right now, but I think that uh, I don't mean to laugh because people take this very seriously. But I like I just like with baptism, it that's so traumatizing because like so like in uh, horror films and like in like in like uh, like you said that you studied child abuse, which yeah, I know we talk yes, about a lot of great uh -huh. stuff, but um, that's a form of like. Brain brainwashing yes. and like torture, torture yeah. <laughs> and water is very traumatizing and I've watched some uh, like baptisms whether online or mostly online I actually don't think I'm uh, I think I've seen one in person um, at like a beach but like when uh, they hold you under for so long they I mean I know do. you guys know and I'm like yeah. what but I like was scared they as hold fuck. you under I for so afterwards. long and that's traumatizing cool. because Literally, your life flashes before yeah. your eyes yeah. when you're being dunked underwater. And um, I, I think that's just so interesting that you, they are literally like, the person that you are is not good enough. And you did this thing and it's bad. But I'm like, I, I uh, my thought earlier when I was listening to you guys speak, um, I was thinking about hair. I was thinking about black women and black men's hair. Um, like our uh, tight coils, our mm -hmm. beautiful beautiful hair and I was just um, I kind of was like drifting off to a thought um, just about 
white people giving this mythos and trying to suppress these things um, that are powerful. And um, I was thinking about, like, um, you know, how, like, our moms still, like, relax their hair right. because that's what was, you know, you you have to do that and your natural hair is bad and, mm-hmm. and, and when on contrary, it's so powerful. Yeah. And again, mm-hmm. that's where the oppression comes yeah, is yeah. that they're like, oh, your hair is too powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unkept. It's yeah. really bad. Right. It's um, unprofessional. Mm-hmm. You need to straighten it. Like, and talk, uh, and thinking about, like, um, uh, wrapping our hair in, like, beautiful patterns. And I'm so happy that, again, we're waking up rapidly and white people are getting real scared mm-hmm. because we are wrapping our hair and we're accentuating our curls and we're making it this beautiful, fashionable thing out of something that way back Again, like taking your past and manipulating your future and morphing your future into something desired and powerful is back then, you know, like uh, slaves had to wrap their hair because white people were literally just threatened by the beauty of it. And we were braiding and doing all these beautiful things. And you talk about all the time. You tell me, you're like, I want someone to braid my hair. But, you know, that art is coming back because for so long we forgot how to braid each other's hair and we forgot that art and that beauty and accentuating our hair and and that you know just talking about like kind of just linking that that baptism and mm. and covering up our natural hair yeah covering um, up your as, natural you know self. covering yeah. up your natural self and who you're supposed to be because you are so powerful and these people that are feeling threatened by you are like no no dunk it in water <laughs> yeah. no hide it no yeah. no brainwash it relax it mm. permit do all this stuff you know and and they're trying to wash that away and what the backsliding mm. um if you if you're rocking your natural hair you're Backsliding, mm-hmm. you know, I can, you know, I those right, two correlations, right. yeah, you know, yeah, socially, socially, what a great point. socially, yeah, so it's like shit. those two are linked <laughs> yeah. together in that way of uh-huh. it, they're trying to, uh, they have the same agenda, and and I think when more people, more black people specifically, um, wake up and they're like, oh my gosh, no. My natural hair is beautiful. Mm-hmm. No, it actually does grow out of my head beautifully. It's very strong. It's very powerful. It makes people feel threatened. They want to touch it. They love it. They're threatened by it. Mm. Ah, like they, there's so all these feelings because they are so insecure that uh, somehow <laughs> we let them uh, get control enough of, of the, uh, suppress mm-hmm. enough for mm-hmm. such a, and I'm going to say with talking about space and time, it's such a short amount of time. Yeah, when we yes. really look at Please it, Please talk about that. Yeah. Such, we, a short such a short fragment of time, a sort, right? A, a short fragment of time, yes. and they make it sound long because because memories uh, and events, uh, you know, they they are memories and events. And when you uh, uh, put a label, when you put a time frame on it. Um, you know, these people are making up these time frames. Mm-hmm. But it's really when you go and really let yourself sit in and look at these these uh, memories and these events and, and talk to your ancestors and, and really look at it. It was a short amount of time, but, like, we're waking up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were thriving before. Maybe fell to the wayside a little bit, but it's, it's mm-hmm. yeah, that was, yeah. And to add to that, uh, two things. One, I'll, I'll tell the public... 
uh, any like time machine or time travel type of movies that they've come out recently have always been conducted in water or needing water to transmutate. So remember that, especially when um, comparing the uh, ritual of baptism. What is happening here? Why, like, why it's the same time machine as they use to travel from you know this dimension to that dimension or the same art practice, right? So it's like, what the fuck is really going on with that? Also, I would say for black people. Um, I, you know that Stevie Wonder song where he's like in 1492 they came across the shores and all that kind of shit right I feel like black people need to place themselves time wise prior to specifically 1492 who were you prior to 1492 what did you look like prior to 1492 we can go 2 billion years back we know we're old primordial ancient fucking cosmic beings but let's just even go just like not that far back you know what I mean let's go just prior to 1492 what did you look like where were you from what did, what, how did you eat how did you move and I feel like that's that sweet spot that th- even in their matrix meaning the so called white folks their matrix they shit didn't start and pop off till 1492 yeah. and can I just say mm. like adding on that like who are you like something that I remember <laughs> <laughs> who are you yeah, I love it. that's my favorite. Who are you? Something that really was distinct to me as far as like seeing my people and seeing my ancient mirror was when we went to uh, this art museum. Mm -hmm. You and I went to this art museum in San Diego Mm -hmm. and um, they had like a, what was the title of the exhibit? Do you remember? It was just like, it was like ancient something. It was something. And so we're looking, we're walking around and it's just so it's something I remember like on the day to day is we're looking at all these ancient uh, artifacts, these like uh, stone carvings, mm, sculptures, uh, sculptures from the Americas, from the from America, and adding on what we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, my people are also indigenous Americans mm-hmm. um, uh, who mm-hmm. got caught up in the slave mm-hmm. trade, mm-hmm. Um, but they were indigenous to America before Europeans came to. Yes. what we call American now. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking at those ancient uh, sculptures and seeing a common theme in the noses were chipped away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. lips were chipped away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and they had, you know, uh, people are going to be able to see from, like, the picture, but it's like, I have stretched ears. I have mm-hmm. uh, nostril piercings. Mm-hmm. I have that traditional look of yes. our people you yeah. know what I mean and that's natural and something I'm going on a tangent mm-hmm. but something that bothers me a lot with like white people in general and being like in the modified community is like white people are like oh black people shouldn't have stretched ears or oh right. that looks weird on like, you and I'm like it looks you. weird on you because right. you stole it from yes. me are and like literally when I walk around <laughs> and I see the Buddha how many Buddhas? Right. There's so many Buddhas I see, and I'm like, oh my god, that's like my sister. Right. Like my like cousin. Yeah. That's yeah. my that's statue of my family. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how cute. <laughs> like, the Buddha literally looks like me. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. say that's that what shit. you said just remind me of this shit that's been irking me for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I work with kids, and I take them to like various little like music things mm-hmm. throughout the city. And there's this white woman mm. who is who frequents one of the events that I take them mm-hmm. to. And I actually just spoke to her for the first time 
after seeing her multiple times and being mm. like, I cannot, I cannot, yeah. I cannot, Aww. and I cannot because <laughs> this woman, you know, those like fake buns that people like, you know, uh-huh. like you like put your hair in a ponytail and then you put on a oh, bun. Oh, yes, I oh see my that. God. She has a dread one no. that is half blonde. No. And half black. She's a white woman? She's a white woman. That's with uh, blonde uh, hair. Rachel Dozell's cousin. Uh, with, yeah, yeah. With blonde <laughs> hair. And she wears this hairpiece accessory that's like a ball of dreads that are half black and half white. And I... Poor baby. I just... <laughs> every time I see her, I'm like, what? Like, and yeah, who are you? Like, do you know? Like, are you stapled (laughs) my hair to your head, half in the color that it would have come out in my head? And half in the color, like that, that whole thing. And the fact that it is a clip on. It's a clip. Where it's like, when it's like, I'm like, ah, like, because all this is straight. People can't see, but the front of her hair is like a straight blonde hair, and it's pulled back into this hair clip bun of, like, yarn-looking fake mm. dreads that are black and white. I want to know what black woman did she observe or get that for, like, where yeah, did she think, where did she, where did she think, <laughs> like, did she, oh, I just have so many questions, like, <laughs> you, next time you see her, be like, I want to, my friend Melina wants to interview you. Seriously, like, I want to just know ask what's her, happening, like, right. about her moment, And it's funny, because I feel like I've been avoiding her for obvious reasons, <laughs> yes. but when we first talked, I could feel that she was like, oh my god, she's talking to me like I could feel that she must be also avoiding me for obvious reasons like you have to feel weird if I had a kinky ass fro just like wild out kinky fro with straight blonde hair stapled to the middle of my head I would think you were straight up like like crazy lady dude that would be bizarre to have like a straight blonde ponytail coming out of the middle of a fro that's what I see when I look at this person and that's what I see in this sort of like backwards like deformity mm. of the psychology of mm. white supremacy is yeah. that right. you know and you're it, kind mm. of you're like taking blackness yeah. and you're pasting it all over you and, and really, you're saying yeah. that I don't care about blackness clearly right. you do boo you do. it's really like, tough like uh, on that like um Again, going back to, like, the modified community, it's really tough for me because I have a lot of really wonderful friends that work in the piercing community and work in the tattoo community. And, um, you know, there are melanated peoples and black people. Black people very rarely, um, unfortunately, but, you know, uh, uh, performing these rituals of piercings and um, scarification and stuff like that. And uh, uh, it's just... So uh, it's just so disheartening. So, sometimes I get disheartened when I, I, you know, I love my friends and stuff, but the, I see that expanded into the modified community of this, um, you know, just taking like what white supremacy means to us, and I, and I just, it, I see a lot of white supremacy, and you know, mm-hmm. maybe I'll get a lot of backlash mm-hmm. from this if I, you know, my friends hear this, but it, it's true, and I think they need to hear it. Is mm-hmm. I see a lot of this white supremacy in the modified community that I love, you know, but it's like you go to a tattoo convention, or um, I see a lot of like photos from uh, APP, which is something that takes place for professional piercers, and there's so many. Uh, tattooed, modified people with like um, 
these traditional scarifications mm-hmm. on their face and these traditional uh, sh- stretching of you know the lips and and all of that stuff and 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 um, if I were to show up there at that convention and just be me, I'm sure people would accept me. But people also there's also a good amount of people that would be judging me and would be like, oh well, her. Uh, uh, modifications don't look good on her because she's black. Right. I know right. there's people that would right. think that. Not mm-hmm. necessarily say it, but, but I know I know that. there's people that would think that. And I'm just like, wow, mm-hmm. you have such a skewed idea mm-hmm. of what this culture actually is that you're taking part of and you're mm-hmm. you're claiming ownership of, mm-hmm. but it's not actually it's yours. Not yours. You've stolen it, and now mm-hmm. you're denying it to the people that originated it. And and if I could chime in real mm-hmm. quick. Uh, now that I'm on a public forum, because I don't usually talk to the public, but I will say this on that <laughs> note, honestly. If you are a so-called white person, European, whatever the case is, not indigenous to any fucking land on the planet, and I'm going to be real about it right now, and you're a modified, i.e. you have stretched ears, lips, tattoos, any form of body modification, shame on the fuck you. For discrediting any melanated, highly melanated person in that particular art craft. And I have a, I'm personally a tattoo artist. I do scarification and I do piercings. But I only do it for my own people because that's our fucking Mm -hmm. shit. And specifically, their forefathers called us witches Mm -hmm. and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? It really fucking severely, um, uh, uh, uh. Brutalized us mm-hmm. for ha- specifically for having fucking tattoos mm-hmm. and stretched ears and piercings and all that fucking shit and 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 broke us down to the fucking point where these mm-hmm. where these like clean Euro Christian type motherfuckers and now in, t- in 2017 their fucking sons and daughters want to come to me and show me their fucking pseudo Polynesian fucking tribal tattoos and be like yeah brother like fuck you. And yeah. that's how I feel about this shit. I'm over it, especially in Portland. Mm-hmm. I'm so fucking over it right now. I'm over the dirty looks or somebody mm-hmm. looking at us like we don't belong in the modified community when that shit is ours, period, point blank. Yeah. You're a fucking caveman. Mm-hmm. You're a cavewoman. And none of this fucking physical art specifically belongs to you. I have a fucking high passion for that shit because in this industry, they only want to go deep into, like, as far as ancient traditions, they mm-hmm. stop at Polynesian art, period. Mm-hmm. They stop right there. Samoan, they might even go into like Indonesia a little bit mm-hmm. and a little bit of Southeast Asia, but they never go into primordial old ass Africa okay, fucking yeah, shit. You know, yeah. fuck off, man. And on that, shit. I agree. I'm sorry, no, no, I agree. I, 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 yeah, it's relevant. Yeah. Because you hear people come back and mm-hmm. be like, oh, I got this symbol and it's right. of this mm-hmm. culture and whatever. And you've got it in a way that like, you don't even fucking know where that came from. At all. You don't know where that and came you, from. And you racist as fuck in your mind. Right. And in yeah. your behavior. And you're shocked <laughs> about everything going on in our country right now. Yeah. That's what gets me. Yeah. It's like yeah. the culture of shock. <laughs> fuck that. Yeah. And I like yeah. how, yeah. how I absolutely mm-hmm. pathetic. It's crazy. To mm-hmm. have a human body that is not melanated, mm-hmm. covered in melanated pigments, because that's what black ink right. is. Right. Full covered on black Covered in shit. black ink, representing melanated cultures, mm-hmm. but be confused about the colonism that is still <laughs> happening today in your face yeah. and be like, but not mm-hmm. me. Like, I just... That cycle of consciousness is so ass backwards to me, and it reminds me of our the earlier part of this conversation is like you have to laugh at some mm. point. Mm-hmm. You have to just see the like mm-hmm. absolute like barbaric, dumb like Insanity. closed mm-hmm. fist logic that's mm-hmm. like functioning. And like I kind of 
when I think of how like baffled and reactionary white folks have been in general, I'm just like, hmm. That whole time warp thing, mm. like the whole the whole idea of us waking up and mm. knowing our history that predates the mm-hmm. timeline that you made mm. up. I think that the part that correlates with the ideas that we've talked about in regards to magic original magic not being able to be replicated Mm -hmm. and like you may have effectively stolen a bunch of Mm -hmm. shit but you have never started anything Mm -hmm. that comes into reality when you think about how white culture in our society is constantly in shock like they didn't successfully steal the part of the magic that makes you wake up to the reality. They can't figure out what wooden hog. They can't figure out. They're they're shocked when we keep being like, racism is real. Of course Mm. it's real. Oppression and white supremacy is a fucked up ideology and it's still alive. They're like, no, no, it's not happening. And then they're like, oh, fuck, it's happening. Now that Donnie T is like elected or whatever, that like constant like, oh my God, I'm not for hate. I'm for love. Like that like, shocked sort of baffled response I think is a part of like the the magic malfunction of stealing shit that wasn't yours mm-hmm. yeah it's gonna break down eventually yeah. because you didn't actually you know, know how, how to, to put, it put it together exactly. you didn't know you didn't know like You're you absolutely just right. grabbed like, like a pirate you like mm-hmm. gathered it and put it on your ship and then you got back and you are like okay you know brute just like set, you didn't know yeah. the ritual right. you didn't know yeah. the placement you didn't know the sincerity the mm-hmm. blood the scarification wasn't just about goddamn decoration right, right. it wasn't you know mm-hmm. these things weren't yeah. happening just to be like I'm a cool hipster and mm-hmm. I have this cool Polynesian yeah. tattoo yeah. Like, you know like this was magic yeah. that was being Absolutely. ground yeah. into our bodies from yeah. the planet yeah. you take ink from mm. plants. Yeah, You literally. put it yeah. in your body. Like Use this, all planetary yeah. tools right. in order to do it. Absolutely. And so I get that fire yeah, and yeah. I feed that fire yeah. that you just expressed <laughs> yeah. because if you don't understand that this wasn't like proliferary sort of like mm. accent pieces. Right, yeah. right. It wasn't decoration it for was the, right. Yeah, it was, it was the look. purpose <laughs> right, right. of being human. It was mm. to mark transformation. Mm. It was to mark you know, mm-hmm. movement into different um, forms of our own beings. You look mm-hmm. at birth rituals mm-hmm. and rites of passages. That was the acknowledgement that you are literally not the same human you were mm-hmm. yeah. today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're moving, you know, you're, if you look at an infant compared to a 10 year old, they are different humans. Yes. yes. And so we, we marked that and we paid homage and ritual mm-hmm. to these transformations within our bodies mm-hmm. by physically changing our bodies Mm -hmm. to mark the fact that we are now at a different state of consciousness. Mm. We are now available to a a certain, you know, uh, aspect of evolution. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's completely right. And I think that like that, that aspect, you know, I love, I love what came from the exploration of African Mm -hmm. indigenous spirituality Mm -hmm. to, you know, from comic books mm-hmm. to tattooing to body modification mm-hmm. and how that's effect- like effectively relevant mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. because 
how obsessed with body modification and tattooing is is right. a place like Portland yeah. that's Completely. like and, and there you yeah. can't be a hipster yeah. unless you're covered unless you're in covered tattoos. In, yeah, and it's there's amazing. This, yeah, there's this company, um, and I you know I don't know if it. I highly doubt that it's black owned, it, but it's um, and I really like their jewelry. But uh, and I'm naming names, but Tawapa, yeah. I got mm-hmm. a problem because yeah. Tawapa. I mean, their jewelry is beautiful. I follow, I do follow them on Instagram because I'm a nut about that kind of stuff. But um, and I want to reclaim it. Yeah. Um, and 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 uh, they do feature black people on there occasionally but mm-hmm. usually it's white people and uh, they have this piece that they're really well known for mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna pause mm-hmm. <laughs> they're really well known for this piece but it is something that black people originated and mm-hmm. it is the neck coil mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful piece of jewelry but it's a, a mimic. It's a copy. And now they're very popular for it. And um, I think, like, people were tripping because uh, Beyonce wore wore that coil. And it's like, great, Beyonce, wear that. Yes. But then, and she wore these, uh, Maya Jewelry is a really popular company as well within that community. And she wore these, like, weights that were really gorgeous. Um, these, like, Mayan weights. Mm-hmm. And it was so, I hated it. Because uh, I had these feelings because um, after Beyonce performed at what was it the Grammys or something she was wearing this beautiful she was wearing the was she she was wearing like the gold mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. uh, she was decked out was it the, I think it was the Grammys mm-hmm. and after yeah. that. Maya Jewelry had this promotion like um, oh did you see that Beyonce wore our weights on the Grammys now it's gonna be like as uh, whatever percent off like da 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 and one of this these uh, this girl this white girl that's very nice but this white girl that um, comes into my shop very often she came into my shop like a few days after and I was like oh I might buy these weights like cool this little white girl came into my shop and she was like oh my gosh like I know we've talked about jewelry before I bought the Beyonce say weights and I was like oh mm. like I'm so and how, do you, how are you supposed to respond sh- to that like, like she, oh. <laughs> and you can't see my face now but I'm doing this really fake smile I'm like cool <laughs> and like I just, you know I'm at work and I can't be like I can't give her a whole lesson at work like mm-hmm. I just my work holds great space for me but not that type of space where I can just be like actually you probably shouldn't have bought those because da 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 but um, but yeah, so just yeah, elaborating on that, and it's just unfortunate. Like Tawapa, like now they're famous for this beautiful neck coil mm-hmm. necklace that they sell, and so many white people have been rocking it. And I'm like, oh, like have you seen like uh, like women's communities in Kenya, yeah. like way back, and like all this stuff, and now well, you're getting that. that. Is, and in, I know, I just, and in Portland, yeah. when honestly. When you are obviously not of an indigenous direct source, mm-hmm. and then you come to me as an indigenous being and want to get eye to eye with me, meanwhile making a mockery of my culture, mm-hmm. I cannot take you seriously no matter what the fuck we're talking about. And that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you wore a fucking pilgrim outfit? Maybe the fuck, yeah. Yeah. But definitely don't have uh, uh, locks as if you have kinky-ass hair. Definitely don't come at me with any mm-hmm. type of crystals, stones, mm-hmm. feathers, motherfucking Nag nope. Champa, Palo Santo. Um, I don't want your tarot cards. Mm-hmm. None of that belongs to you. And not mm-hmm. only that, but shame on you for not being so deep that you can go into your own fucking mm-hmm. heritage and know that your great-great-great-great-grandfather fucking killed yes. so many fucking indigenous people specifically for our crystals, for our feathers, mm-hmm. for our tattoos. 
tattoos, for our piercings, for our fucking yeah. way of being. And now you want to come and get validation from me? Mm-hmm. Fuck off. And that and that's right. just how the fuck I feel. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Shit. both of you <laughs> yeah. because honestly like I will be <laughs> hardcore honest with mm-hmm. you in my being the people that I know in the literary world here the people that I know in you know many circles that are predominantly white because the city is predominantly white mm-hmm. like will hear what you just said and feel as if like everything that they're about is not valid mm-hmm. and I, in my love for them, am like, oh my god, the truth is being said, but mm-hmm. I don't know how that is going to. Mm-hmm. But in the same moment, if to me the difference mm-hmm. is, if you were to acknowledge mm-hmm. that what you are studying or sharing with mm-hmm. me is not something you're sharing with me because mm-hmm. I already have it in my being, mm-hmm. is something that you know you are learning mm-hmm. from our mm-hmm. cultures and trying to assimilate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, I mean, that's the whole fucked up ideology mm-hmm. around assimila- assimilation, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that melanated people were forced to this idea in white supremacy, especially mm-hmm. in the West, is that melanated people, native people, were forced to assimilate to white culture. Mm-hmm. Fuck no. Mm-hmm. What happened is that white people tried to force themselves to assimilate to the riches they were finding in melanated cultures and it wasn't going down well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. It was because you can't steal shit and recreate it the way that it came out. Mm -hmm. And so the response was, okay, let's pretend it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Let's take what we can use and Mm -hmm. use it as effectively as we can and then condemn the rest of it. Mm -hmm. And I have want to get to you and I also have this question Mm because I don't know if you guys have seen this piece that's been floating around Mm -hmm. but there was a white woman in Europe yeah um, and I I don't I didn't pay that much attention to her name or where the fuck she came from or whatever but the whole controversy was that she did a photo journal Mm. of herself uh, in blackface Mm -hmm. as a tribal uh depiction of multiple African tribal women. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think it's pretty, like, photoshoppy and, Mm -hmm. you know, how she, like, did it. But she used her facial structure and Mm -hmm. she gave herself giant lip plates and long, Mm -hmm. like, ear, Mm -hmm. you know. Oh, I think I might have seen this. Yeah, and then there was this big outlash of, like, fuck you, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're in blackface like you're the epitome of appropriation you don't have the right to take your picture of yourself Mm. in literally in my skin Mm. and in my tribal beings and a friend of mine who's black posted an interesting response saying that she actually wasn't very offended by her work Mm -hmm. because the whole reason she did it is in acknowledgement that like black culture is amazing and like you can see yourself in black people because they are original people Mm -hmm. and like that her fascination with portraying herself as all these various types of tribal African Mm -hmm. women roots from like a more sincere interaction Mm -hmm. with the fascination because it's pure and it's original and it's real Mm -hmm. than say somebody that's like doing blackface as like buffoonery or like this like 
way of, you know, diminishing blackness. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't know where I stand. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a very interesting thing for my my friend to respond in a way where it's like, I'm not mad at this mm-hmm. because at least they're acknowledging, like, black women are beautiful and, like, I want to put my... Like, I would rather crawl into a black woman's person and take my picture than I would be in my own being and mm-hmm. take my picture. Mm-hmm. I don't even know... I mean, I, I thought that was interesting, yeah. but, like... It just reminds me of what we're talking about mm-hmm. in regards to how how do we want white people to interact mm-hmm. with this culture because they're going to have to mm-hmm. and they've done it in a fucked up way mm-hmm. for so long. So what is this like futurist mm-hmm. ideology mm-hmm. that we're trying like That's what do we, what would we want them to mm-hmm. to do about us cuz we are massive, we are expansive, mm-hmm. we are passionate. Mm-hmm. You can't not look at us, you can't yeah. not interact with us and they've been doing it wrong. So how what is the futurist concept of how we want them to figure out how to deal with such a powerful entity in their midst? Um I, this is my answer to that question is that as as a descendant of the original ones of this planet. The question is asked now to me, what do I want from these people, right? As far as cultural and how they express themselves. I want them to honor their ancestors and honor the culture that we gave them. I want them to fucking stop with the bullshit Honestly, I want them to go into their own historical heritage and one, identify that not only are they at some point scientifically we can prove grafted beings that came from us, right, and came from a specific source, i.e. black people. They were brought from wherever the fuck we created this particular type of being to what we're calling Europe at this fucking point. That's where they're predominant. But they are not even indigenous to the European uh, area as, as we're describing. There are original black people there. This, this is a conversation for so-called white people is what I'm saying right now, okay? They need to go into where they're from, where they come from, who they are. And then once they agree and accept what their fucking scientists and historians say about black people creating them and grafting them from our DNA, their fucking white historians prove this, right? So it ain't no damn black sources, yeah, but this is all in a shit, right? Once you get to that point, what I would want and what I respect and will always respect is once you say, oh, okay, da 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 da, this is where I come from, yeah, black people made us, but once we were civilized, my nation is Irish. My nation is Swedish. My nation is Russian. My nation is 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 uh, 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 Icelandic or whatever the fuck. Absolutely. That, because that agreed upon that culture or that design of that culture. Let's say Iceland or even fucking Russia, because I love Russian culture. That's not indigenously white. That is a Moorish design that was given to the people that we are calling Russian. Mm. So the only way that I'm going to respect someone who says that they're Russian is one, identifying that they're Russian. So if, you, if I say, oh, are you white? They say, no, I'm Russian. I respect it. Boom. Two, if you wear your traditional garbs, you use your fucking traditional symbols as a Russian to tattoo on yourself. 
You use your traditional hairstyles. They have braids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yes, all of this comes from indigenous black people, but we gave these things to them. And so like, they can yes, use those things. So. That's totally okay. That, they have beautiful bead, uh, beaded jewelry, and this is just European culture in general, beautiful um, weaving tech, uh, technologies, right. you know. Where it came your from. shit. Yeah. yeah, so if you're fucking Swedish, bitch, rock the dopest Swedish, excuse me, the dopest Swedish indigenous style to shit you can find and then I'll fucking believe you when you tell me that you fucking love black people because you don't you can't love me if you don't even love what my forefathers and my foremothers provided for your forefathers and foremothers to have a fucking culture I think that this is relevant and I think that like yeah I want to also make space for what you're in regards to like the idealism around like the futurism aspect because I know that um you, what you shared is new to me, and mm-hmm. I'm excited to look up the people that you mentioned, mm-hmm. and I think that that's a powerful, like, pothole of energy to be yeah. like, yeah, you're you're not doing this in a way that I can appreciate, but, like, I have the power to imagine yes. what I would want you to yeah. do in response to this history mm-hmm. that you've erased and replaced with some bullshit. But, like, if you really want to go back, like, what does that look like, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, and it, I think it can look like so many different things. And, and you know, I've just recently come into the uh, the theory of black quantum futurism. Um, and uh, it definitely, it's eye-opening. Because, um, again, kind of touching on how, you know, the that slavery and stuff like that, that was that when you really look at time as a whole, um, it, you know, and it's not linear, um, but the the slavery was, is such a small, uh, small pocket of time. And we were talking about like, who were we before that? You know, where, what, what were we doing? You know, we are original. So, um, you know, black quantum futurism is, beautiful and you know I'm just kind of diving into the beginnings of it but there's so many other expansions and um they actually I encourage anyone listening to this um uh they have a study on like how you can really take that mindset into the eclipse and um Mm -hmm. for anyone listening to this that was at the most recent Black Sun um, performance, you know, and I, I did my piece on the eclipse. Um, I, 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 uh, a lot of that was inspired by the study of Black quantum futurism. And really, uh, I hope everyone really listened to the act. I chose my words carefully for a reason. Mm-hmm. It was not improvised. Um, it was thoughtfully written out and thought about. And um, so, like, controlling your future and, and looking at that past, uh, they challenge you to really um, meditate on it and, and uh, think about your future and where you want to be at for that, but reversing it also and and uh, reversing the future with your past and the past with the future and not saying like, oh, does that mean you want to put slavery in the future? No, that's not what I'm saying. It's saying think back, like really get in touch with your ancestors and really uh, listen out for them and listen, grasp those messages and what they're telling you and, and what they've experienced, mm. like ancient, 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 mm. ancient, and really listen to them. And that's why, I mean, I'm very much going to be, I'm, I'm free on the eclipse and I'm very much going to be in tune with what, what that's going to give me in those messages. And I'm preparing myself mentally. And, um, and I think you should just carry that on through beyond the eclipse, um, obviously, but, um, really getting in touch with, with 
with your power and where you see yourself as a black person um, and and um, and not being so um, negatively affected by our present and um, just I don't know if people caught this like earlier what you said but you called Donald Trump Donnie T mm-hmm. and I just thought that was hilarious and just <laughs> really and I just really like I think people are so, letting themselves I know we talked about this a little bit earlier but people are black people are letting themselves be and I'm not speaking for everyone but a majority are like oh my gosh like like he's the worst and he's he's making America horrible and and I'm like okay like you know Honestly, yeah, he's the president. He's that title of the president, but he's not really you. You have so much more power, mm. and you have so much more control. You just need to unlock it. Yeah, it could not have happened at a better time. Awesome. Yeah, I love he's holding this space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is beautiful. Absolutely. Com- I was I'm nervous, sure. y'all, when I started, but I was all right. Rashida made you feel welcome. Oh, yeah. I love you. I love, I love yeah. you. Thank Perfect. you, Melina. That yeah. was great, y'all. 